0: This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, May 27th, 2017. The, only thing we have to the economic health of this nation has been. More, essential ...more essential economic freedoms:
1: freedom. the excessive, excessive decline, excessive decline in the dollar. In the like black. Black. The
0: late rally on Wall Street, it's too big to fail: growing the economy, growing the economy.
1: Welcome. This is Money Talks.
2: Good
0: morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, your host, along with Casey Smith and Jennifer Thomas, both, who hold the CFP designation. We had a long talk about that before the show started. Uh, You can't call yourself...
3: A the CFP. CFP.
0: You gotta you can't use it as a noun. It's gotta be used in its proper way. And me likewise. CFA charter holder. That's right. So uh I'll We are
2: CFP certificants.
0: certificates. Certificants. There you go. So not designees or
2: <laughs> Certificate, please.
0: Yeah. Well get it, get it right. I guess we could uh make it even <laughs> more complicated if we tried, but it'd take a lot of effort it would right? take a,
2: it, it, you'd be surprised the number of uh pages in the handbook about the proper use of the marks
0: yeah yeah so, we uh we have a similar situation yeah. you you always have to do a, uh when you're going for some of those uh designations you wind up having a, to do quite a bit of ethics, which is good i mean this is great for the market right sure and uh that they spend a what seems to me a lot of time making sure that you get that piece right yeah anyway i'm sure that's a riveting radio we could probably move on now <laughs> uh, uh thank you for all the veterans who uh have fought for the country it is a uh, memorial day weekend and uh, we do appreciate that um uh even if you didn't have to fight too hard which is my case i was in the air force a long long time ago and uh um, you know, uh, we, we appreciate um, what you've done for us. It means a lot. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the market, guys. We uh, do have a positive market this week, uh, up 2%, 2.18%. So we had a hiccup a couple of weeks ago when uh, uh, we got news about um, possible issues with uh, Mr. Trump and FBI Former FBI director Comey, the right. market seems to have digested all of that and moved on.
2: Yeah, we had a big, a big blip. Uh, what was that last week, um, or the week before? The Week before, the week yeah. Two percent. Um, big, big downturn for about a day. And yeah, it
0: was two officially. Two days. I think okay. we had like a 13 basis point loss followed by 1.8, 1.9, yeah.
2: something like that. Yeah. So on a single bill. day. But we've recovered and we're back to what new new highs i guess
0: yeah uh this is a it seems like a teflon market but we did gain two percent this week so all investors seems like everywhere just as well enjoy uh it, it, we got um, best performance sector information technology which is kind of the theme for the year uh info was up almost three percent this week uh it now stands year to date over twenty and a half percent
2: yeah that, that's a, a big a big number, Troy, and uh, I don't Huge. know, I mean, that, is that anything to be concerned about? And are we getting a little overheated in the tech sector? I mean, well, I, I guess I, valuations are pretty high.
0: They are. Uh, they've been high for a little while. I think across the board, the market looks a little expensive to me. I've talked about this the last few weeks on the air. Uh, one thing that we do have that gives us a little bit of hope uh, that that the market's not terribly expensive uh, overpriced is uh, the fact that we do see earnings growing pretty significantly in the first quarter. Uh, nothing much to talk about on earnings this week since it's we're kind of between seasons. We did have a couple of companies uh, report, but, um, uh, you know, earnings look to be strong. Yeah. Um, but when I look at uh, our current price ratios relative to – uh, historical averages, we look around 20% overpriced.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, well, and we're overdue for a correction at some point. I mean, you, I mean, historically, when you look at what the market typically does, you know, we're way past due. That's but true.
0: We have, what, one, on average, uh, mm-hmm. one 10% correction every year. The last one we had was December, from December of 15 into uh, February of 2016. Uh-huh. We're a little, you know, year and a half out from right. that. yeah. Uh, and then we usually see a 20%. Uh, yeah, was it 20% every two or three years? Uh-huh. And then uh, three, five percent on average mm-hmm. per year. We have had uh, some short blips, but right. really, there's been limited volatility yeah. over the last. Well, you could you can make the claim. I think we've had what two, uh, two and a half, almost three, uh, 10% uh, corrections in the past nine years. Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's we're we're at nine years now because we're going back now to to uh, March of two thousand nine. Right, mm-hmm. that it's would have 17. Been the It's eight years, yeah. So you know, we've uh, uh, we have surely enjoyed the fact that we haven't had so much oh, volatility yeah. in the it, market.
1: I mean, you know, and history tends to repeat itself. That's why we study history, but that doesn't. It's not always the case. So. um you know i think the market has been strong it's just doing you know and and earnings are what re- end up being reflected in the stock price so right yeah um i this this is
0: a little different i mean we we're in a situation where there's still lots of discussion as to uh, whether or not we're going to have some s- pretty significant um regulatory changes including lower taxes mm-hmm. um we've seen a little bit of news this week on that we did get the uh Office of, uh, what is it, the Congressional Budget Office, um, information back about uh, the new American health care. It's the AHCA, American Health Care Act, bill that Congress has actually passed. It's moved on to the Senate. The Senate's still saying they don't really care. They're going to pass their own version, which would then have to be sent back to the House. Uh, What we get out of that, that, I mean, that's the the big problem to me is we've got – all this discussion, we are moving in that direction, but we have yet to see one piece of legislation really passed to give us lower regulation. Probably the one and only that I know of that has changed, and I'm sure that I could get called out on this, but, um, the, the labor department laws that were going to be affecting retirement accounts did get pushed back. We were supposed to see that in April. Right. Uh, it got pushed back to June 6th or 7th, and even that now is, is, Subject to be reviewed and changed. Yeah, that's an interesting
2: one, just especially for our industry, obviously. But the the fact that um, that even that legislation was proposed um, created a lot of uncertainty in. Uh, you know, some of the broker-dealers out there, right. and insurance companies, are, are going ahead and changing their policies to comply sure. with the Department of Labor in the anticipation of it passing, at least in some form, at some point. Right. Um, and it, just yesterday, I think it was Wells Fargo came out and said that they're disallowing certain uh, types of investments inside of, of IRA accounts. Um, right. Uh, I think you know muni bonds. Which why would you own a muni bond in an IRA anyway? Makes little but, sense. But you know they're they're making it official that that's
1: there not are a few taxable
2: muni bonds. That's or true. there used yeah. to be. No,
0: yeah. there are yeah. there are, and and we look for them a good yeah. bit because we uh, you know. If but you the true muni deal, bonds.
1: I mean your typical muni bond. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, it's make sense.
0: tax free muni mm-hmm. bonds. State and federal no tax free. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes
2: but no sense. Mm-hmm. Certain certain share classes, you know, things like that that they're doing to to go ahead and move forward with the Department of Labor regulations even though it has been bumped back and and nothing has been changed officially um but i think that there is some anticipation that 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 part you know maybe in some form not the current form that they were expecting but it might get through um to to some type of reform on retirement accounts and and how those uh are handled, whether a fiduciary standard is used or not.
0: Right, yeah, and and those would still only impact, as you were talking, retirement retirement account. accounts. So it's right. not going to be a brokerage uh, account, a taxable-type account, would not be impacted by that. All right, guys, we got uh, a little bit of economic news this week. Uh, new home sales came out. They fell 11.4% uh, below the revised March levels. Uh, this was an April report. Um, Still half a percent above year ago levels. So relative to um, the April 2016 numbers, uh, that was the the, the March um, report for this was uh, a ten-year high. So uh, I guess it's not huge surpri- a huge surprise that. Uh, that we did have a decline when you have something that spiked so high in the prior month. Uh, MBA Mortgage Apps, this is something we look at every week, uh, increased 10.5% on the refinance index. Uh, Total composite was up 4.4%. Uh,
2: purchase index was still a little bit lower, 0.8%. So ten and a half percent on the refinance index. That's that's a spike. That's pretty strong, yeah. Yeah,
0: the previous week because we saw uh, interest rates fall. Right. It was negative overall. So uh, we did see some changes in interest rates. You look at the Treasury yield curve uh, on the two and the five year. We got six basis points, or 0.6%. Uh, increase uh, 10-year Treasury is at 2.26%, which is really low, uh, but it's up 0.4%. And then uh, uh, three basis points on the 30-year. So uh, across the board, the yield curve is higher. It uh, flattened a little bit with the low end, the, the short end uh, going up slightly more than the the longer-term maturities. Uh, Existing home sales, we saw uh, April coming in 2.3 percent below the revised March total, so a bit of a decline there as well. Still 1.6 percent higher on the year relative to April in uh, 2016. Um, FOMC came out with some minutes this week. which is, is really interesting. Uh, they're talking about how they're going to roll off the long end of the, the uh, uh, maturities, kind of unwinding, quantitative easing, one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking about using capped rates to uh, to go out a little further. All right, guys, we're going to take a real quick break uh, to pay a few bills, and we'll come right back. You're listening to Money Talks. Don't touch that dial. But tonight.
3: Time for
1: the
3: Dog of the Week.
0: Alright, guys, we've got an interesting situation that happened this week. Uh, somebody, somewhere, it was uh, at a used, what do you call thrift shop, right? Thrift shop in uh, Maplewood, Minnesota. Somebody dropped off some children's clothes. Uh, When the employees went through the children's clothes, they found found marijuana, 111 grams of marijuana. It was packaged as if it were going to be distributed in small amounts. Uh, And, of course, this has got to be a tech story, right? So the uh, Maplewood, Minnesota, Police Department posted on the Internet, you know, if, if this was yours, you can feel free to come back and claim it if you would like. And what do you think? (laughs) Nobody has come back to claim it. Nobody came back to claim their marijuana. Man. If it was California, of course, I guess you could probably come back and do that. I guess so. Uh, So here's my question. I still think there's distribution laws and things like that.
2: I don't think there's... Yeah,
0: they have a a legal system of distribution at this point, probably. But uh, my question then is, so, Jennifer, I know we've been on shows before where we talked about charitable giving do you just claim the street the value of the street value of the clothing or do you get to st- claim the street value of the contents of the clothing i'm not an well?
2: attorney but
1: <laughs> yeah. you play one on I can, not, you don't I can, even do that <laughs> I, yeah,
2: yeah. I can uh, i can pretty well guess the uh, the right thing to do but so here's what i think happened okay so married couple right yeah. One of them wants to get rid of a bunch of stuff. All right, this is all pure speculation. Pure, complete. Point. Oh yeah, allegedly. Yeah. So, unbeknowing, unknowingly, goes and drops off a bunch of clothes, which is where the other spouse was maybe stashing the, their the goods. goods. Hmm. And, that's uh, a. That's an I don't
1: interesting. Know. That's my thesis. Well, I will concept. say that theory. one time, my um, oh, my father oh, well. had a little mad money in a suit jacket that he kept in his closet. And my mom was having a garage sale and had it hanging up to be sold, and it had like, I don't know, three or four thousand dollars in his
2: oh, pocket. Oh man, that's, and, so serious. that's a my, good deal. Right and, there. My was there and
1: my husband was standing there. My dad's like, "Go get that jacket. <laughs> she can't sell that jacket. Oh, so. No,
0: no explanation no. provided. Just go get the coat. Yeah. yeah all right. So uh, I would have to guess that uh, Casey, you're probably writing as much as uh, you can't write off. Uh, anything that you couldn't, I mean, even in the states where that is legal, where where uh, both medical and what are they, recreational marijuana yeah. is legal, mm-hmm. you can't take the proceeds and put it in the bank right. because of federal, federal laws. Law. So I'm sure that the IRS being a federal organization is not going to allow They would frown on you taking the write-off. Yeah, I would I
2: wonder if you could write and, it off your state tax, though? I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, you know what? That is an interesting thought because if it's legal in the state. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, dog of the week. So, uh, guys, uh, let's uh, let's move on from the fun topic that we just had and uh, talk a little bit about something even more fun than that.
2: It's hard to believe there's anything more fun than finding a bunch of marijuana and some children's clothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but. was thinking that <laughs> reverse mortgages might just be that Reverse mortgages of, might, be the, might be the ticket.
0: Yeah, so KC, uh, you want to set this up for us? We do have a situation to talk about this week about uh, reverse mortgages and how they might be useful.
2: Yeah, and, and so we had a, a question from uh, Luca and Christine who uh, are trying to help Luca's father Rick handle fi- his finances now that he's getting a little bit older. Um, Rick's second wife spent a few months in long-term care and hospice before she passed away. Medical bills and long-term care uh, really took a, a toll on Rick's retirement savings, and so his banker talked him into getting a reverse mortgage to supplement his cash flow. Uh, Luke and Christine were not too thrilled with that transaction. Uh, Rick is in good health. Um, but they're wanting to know what would happen if he doesn't need to, at some point, move into an assisted living facility or long-term care facility, uh, and are there any advantages to having the reverse mortgage. Um, you know, so a reverse mortgage, the most common reverse mortgage that you see is is uh, the HECM loan, H-E-C-M, stands for Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, and it basically works just like a regular mortgage, except in reverse. So. Rather than uh, making payments, you take out you take out a loan. Um, I think in this case the home value was two hundred and eighty five thousand had an existing mortgage of like eighty eight thousand on it. Um, so they could essentially refinance it, uh, pay off the existing mortgage and take any kind of uh, proceeds from the loan uh, as either a lump sum or use it as a line of credit or take it over a monthly you know monthly installments. Um, there's different ways to do it. The amount that they're eligible to take out um, it would be based on the borrower's age, um, the current interest rate and the value of the home. Uh, you have to be over sixty two to to do this um, but it, you know when you take the money out, you don't make any payments so a normal mortgage you would make you know you pay principal and interest uh, and then you'd pay off the loan over time and so by the end of the term of the loan it would be paid down to zero in this case, the the interest just adds and accrues to the balance of the loan um so if you have a $285,000 home let's say you can take out you know 150,000 as uh your lump sum then you're going to pay whatever the mortgage rate is plus there's usually a, a an insurance premium that's tied to it because um it has to be insured um by the federal housing authority to make sure that uh, if the loan balance eventually exceeds the value of the home, which it would if it runs long enough, then uh, there's actually no recourse to the borrower. So, if you pass away. Um, the, um, the value of the loan or the balance on the loan is worth is more than the value of the home. Then they, the bank takes the home, but the children or the heirs or the estate is not liable for to pay off the the balance of the the loan. Um, so in this case, the situation is Rick is in pretty good health but they're wanting to know what happens if he needs to go into a, a you know assisted living facility or long-term care uh, it has an issue with long-term care which it sounds like the mother did and that could potentially be a problem um, if, if it looks like he used most of the proceeds from the reverse mortgage already unless he's taken monthly installments it's not real clear how he's he received those proceeds but um, the 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 big question is, if he does need to go in to move out of the house, if he no longer lives in the home for for one year, then it's it's considered a permanent move, and he would have to either sell the house. Yes, the loan comes due at that point, basically. Uh, part of the the um, the the paperwork in the loan and, and the requirements of the loan is that you have to be that has to be your primary residence, and that you have oh, okay. to to maintain. Uh, that, as your residence, you still pay the taxes, you still pay the uh insurance as if um, you were the
0: homeowner as if you were mm-hmm. the
2: homeowner, you are the homeowner. It's just like you know a regular mortgage where the bank owns you know eighty percent and you own twenty percent. In this case, your the portion that you own just keeps getting smaller and smaller as right, the interest and the accrues.
0: The bank's interest then becomes greater and greater. Exactly. They so become the, more of the owner. The
2: equity in the home decreases over time rather than increases as as the loan accrues interest.
0: Yeah, I guess it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, the the average individual, their home is is generally considered to be their their largest asset. So this is just a way to tap into that large yeah. asset. But I mean, are there still... are
1: other ways too. I mean, he could have taken. Potentially he could have refinanced his loan and just pulled out a, cash, mu- out a refi. cash out refi, um, and used that, you know, he, but, you know, what it doesn't, it tells us that he was pulling about $30,000 a year from his, um, IRA and I'm sure he, you know, he's getting social security. So it may have been that he, I don't know if he had enough income to be able to do that or, um, I mean, I typically – I don't want to say you use a reverse mortgage as a last resort, but I think it's further down the line than, you know, other ways that we would look at potentially trying to solve his problem first. Um, However, I will say that, you know, reverse mortgages today are are better than they were – Several years ago, when they were a lot more expensive, the expenses in them have gone down, so it is more attractive now than it used to be. It is. Um,
2: the rates are a little bit higher because you have to add that insurance premium on there, which is usually a, you know a percentage of the loan amount. Um, so, it's um, so if your interest rate's five percent, it may be six and a half with the insurance um, that has to to be applied to it. So it just means your equity is going to erode a little bit faster. You know, some people take the proceeds from the reverse mortgage and use it to buy a long-term care policy, which is not a bad option. Um, you know, if if you need to get access to some cash flow, um, tap into the equity in your home. But you could also do the same thing as Jennifer mentioned with a just a refinance, a cash-out refi. Uh, still have a traditional mortgage. Um, that way, I mean, the
1: difference there is you're making the mortgage payment. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and if you're having, if all your your money is in re- retirement accounts. Um in in this case I think he's got an IRA worth two hundred twenty thousand, so his mandatory withdrawals aren't, you know, enough to support his lifestyle plus his social security. Um but if he lowers if he's able to get that mortgage payment off his books then he or out of his budget, then he can take less out of his IRA, so he pays less taxes, and so it has sort of a compounding effect in that mm-hmm. manner. So it's not a terrible uh thing that he's done the reverse mortgage. And we have clients that that have done these it's just really important that you understand the risks of, of going into it and maybe even more importantly that your children understand that when whenever you pass away or or move out of that house then your the equity is going to be eroding over time and there's a good chance that there's not going to be any equity left by the time that happens. Mm-hmm.
0: All righty. Well, uh I guess we'll take a quick break right here uh in honor of our Previous dog of the week and the Maplewood police will get out of here with some Macklemore thrift shop. Stick around, you're listening to Money Talks.
1: I'm gonna pop some tags, got $20 in my pocket. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a comer.
0: When you start investing in stocks, you seek investment advice. When you seek investment advice, you go to the Internet. When you go to the Internet, you start believing all the wacky correlations spouted by armchair analysts. When you start believing those wacky correlations, you start buying and selling stocks based on butter production in Bangladesh. When you start buying and selling stocks based on butter production in Bangladesh, you offend your lactose intolerant girlfriend, who in turn moves out. When your girlfriend moves out, you can't afford rent on your own because all your money is tied up in the stock market. When you can't afford rent on your own, you become homeless and alone. Thank you. Don't become homeless and alone. Get rid of financial advice from armchair analysts and upgrade to Money Talks.
1: This
0: is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with Casey Smith and Jennifer Thomas. We've been having lots and lots of fun today talking about anything from dropping off your clothes at the thrift shop to... uh, what was that last thing? Oh, yeah, the reverse mortgage. Reverse mort- mortgage. There we go. <laughs> reverse mortgages. All right, guys, if uh, you do have financial questions, you can always uh, offer to allow us to help you answer them, and you can get a hold of us in multiple different ways. The most direct line, 770-429-9166 is our number. Uh, you can also email us at drgene at hensler.com. Hensler is spelled H E N S S L E R. You can go to our website, hensler.com. Again, if you just put that in your Google, you can uh, find multiple ways to uh, to get in touch with us. So uh, uh, we also have a question hotline. Not a question on it today. 1 429 9166. If you call that number again, 1 429 Uh, You can leave us a message. We will play your recorded uh, question on the air and then answer that question for you. So, guys, we've got all kinds of stuff today, but it's kind of a fun topic to consider. Uh, Paul from Alpharetta has uh, written us, says, I'm fascinated by the evolution of commerce and retail. I truly think Webvan and Pets.com were ahead of their time. Today we have Uber Eats, Amazon Prime, same-day delivery, and uh, Instacart. Additionally, so many retailers have gotten the ship-to-store or free pickup-today services. Uh, what do you think of the future of these services? Uh, what will, be, uh, will they all be absorbed by the bigger companies before they go public? Uh, are they better run? Are they better run than companies launched in the dot-com era? Uh, are consumers just more willing to buy online? Now, you know what? I think probably the answer is Webvan was ahead of it. It was, it was ahead of its time. You know, there were not many services that were actually offered in that way, and it seems like today's consumer is uh, more and more willing to use that Amazon model where you just hit a button on your, your computer, your phone, um, whatever other personal device you might have, uh, and, and the stuff shows up at your house. Now, it does come with a bit of a premium. Yeah, but the convenience is, I think, yeah, what you you're pay paying for. You pay for the convenience. Mm-hmm. But I was,
2: it's, it's funny that this question comes up now. I was at a, a conference yesterday, and uh, one of the speakers was talking about how, um, you know, ten years ago, people were buying some things online. Maybe 15 years ago, um, but a lot of people didn't trust it. You know, they say I've never put my credit card into something online. you, you don't know where it goes. They can right. easily get that information. And he made the joke that uh, yeah, you were much the, the way that you were supposed to handle that was to go down to Target and swipe it, and then uh, that's the safe way to do it, right? Right. And <laughs> go to using, the store using Target as a sort <laughs> of a yeah.
0: Target Target's had an a issue too. There's a, there's been more than one there, right? So,
2: but it's interesting that the the trust now that they if you ask millennials what the number one most trusted brand is, what do you think they say? Amazon,
1: Amazon, really? I, Amazon is by far the best and worst thing that has ever happened to me. I mean, <laughs> I use it all the time. We won't tell your husband. No, yourself. no, and he knows. But <laughs> I mean, but did you find him on Amazon? No, I did not. Oh, okay, I good. did not. But if they had had that back, you know, 26 years ago when I was um, looking for a husband, you, I you would have uh, I Amazon might have or maybe because, <laughs> one of the other sites. No, one of the great things about Amazon is like if you if you want a like a, a shelf for your bathroom right if you go to target you're going to maybe see i don't know five shelves whatever you know whatever they're going to have on display yeah. and they only have so much room but you can go to amazon and you can see hundreds of them and you can find one that just fits what you're looking for
2: yeah
1: and you can get it in two days without paying shipping yeah you know,
2: yeah, no, convenience and is get it. Key. Yeah, no, and, it's and it's there. It's uh, very convenient. And the other thing that is overlooked often, I think, is a lot of people use their ratings on Amazon.
3: The, mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know, they'll
2: look at customer reviews on there, and, sure. and they're able to more easily compare, well, how do I know that this is the best shelf versus this one or whatever you're looking at? I'm
1: probably their worst kind of customer, though, because I do read all the reviews, but I don't ever <laughs> review anything. No, never I never provide one. I never provide one. But, I, I mean, but, you know, so that is great. But the bad thing is that sometimes you'll think, oh, I need something. And, you know, you probably don't really need that, but you think about it, and now you can just immediately go and yeah, buy it, Sure. and you do that. And then you go, well, you know, why did I do that? I have this thing, and, you know, I really don't need it. Right.
0: And- yeah, it used to be that the impulse buys were all mm-hmm. at the front of the store. You could right. buy chewing gum and all of that other stuff, but it's mm-hmm. made everything an impulse yeah, buy. Yes. It really is. Yeah, uh, in, in today's time. but dangerous. I. I uh, I think it really is more about the consumer. I mean, if you're asking just how it is, I, there's probably not a person around today that's saying Amazon's a flash in the pan. It's going to go away. This is a fad. It is not a fad. I think this is the way of the future. And if you look what Walmart is doing, uh, it seems to me, and I, I feel like I have this conversation on the air every week seems like Walmart wants to become more and more like Amazon, and Amazon wants to become more and more like Walmart. So uh, the the distribution uh, model that Walmart has built out uh, is something enviable uh, by Amazon and uh, Walmart wants to build up its online sales. Hence the purchase last year of Jet.com. Mm-hmm. If you watched earnings in the first quarter, Walmart came out and said that they're, uh, I think it was a 65% increase in online sales uh, at Walmart. And it, it's, I mean, it's easy to see they've got thousands, if not hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. more product. Items that are available on uh, walmart.com. Uh, so you well, can see all this working. warehouse they
2: essentially have a, a warehouse on, you know, every, in every city or every Absolutely, major yeah. neighborhood.
0: Yeah, uh, it's called the store, right? Yeah. you got uh, just about any uh, major uh, population center is going to have a Walmart, even some that are not considered remotely uh, major population centers. You can go just about anywhere and be within 10 miles of a Walmart, yeah. or
2: so it seems. And that's, that's right, because Amazon would love to have that ability to reach its customer base even that more quick, that much more quickly.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that I look at, I mean, we've seen a huge pressure on retail. Uh, over the last two or three weeks, specifically in the stock market. And uh, the the conversation is Amazon's killing everybody. At some point, I believe that uh, Amazon is using all of those physical stores of everyone else as kind of a mm-hmm. showroom. If somebody wondered if this uh, brand of clothing fits them or whatever, you right. can go try it on and then eat while you're in the store even. Uh, hit your Amazon button to purchase that particular item from Amazon, possibly mm-hmm. at a lower price, which has been uh, kind of the model that we've all come to trust. But as you said, Jennifer, it's not always the cheapest
1: thing around. It's not always the cheapest thing, and you have to be careful, you know. And I, I was, we were talking before. Um we got back on the air, you know they have the dash buttons where you can put them around your house and you can push a button and so you know like if you want laundry detergent if you're when you're running low, you can push the button and you get the convenience of it just showing up two days later right and you don't have to worry about going to the store and things like that but when i pry but i I will price things like that and compare it, and to me it those kind of things didn't make sense, but at the same time, I buy all of my deodorant through Amazon because I used to be able to find it in the stores. Now I have a hard time finding the brand that I use. And, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. It's always on Amazon. And it's not that much more expensive so some things are some things aren't but you really have to kind of watch that and if you're conscious of that um then yeah you can yeah that's a good, yeah, that's a good to point that. too because yeah.
2: it, it is a specialty items i mean if and if sometimes you don't know where to find this stuff and like for instance mm-hmm. my uh i have a niece that has uh eczema real bad and so her her uh my wife's sister has to buy her um you know special soap and detergent and all these things to not aggravate the eczema and she gets them from Amazon because it's just easy. Right. Um, and she could probably get them from a specialty shop but but you know, she lives n- not real close to the city and there's not a whole lot of specialty stores out where she is. So it's it's uh so much more convenient. If, even if she has to pay a little bit of a premium, she's willing mm-hmm. to do that because sure. of the convenience. Right. Well,
1: and if you don't have to go searching for something, too, that's like, you know, you know, if you buy a certain brand of something and then you have a hard time finding it, the store gets rid of it. You know, things like that happen all the time. You know, then you don't have to start driving around. Where, you know, where can I get it? What, you know, how am I going to go back to this? And certain things, there are certain things that I know I'm going to order, and I'll order 10 of them, and I have a closet. And I just stick them in there, and then I use them until they run, till I get down to, like, two, and then I'll yeah. order 10 more. Yeah, so
0: I really believe that there's a point at which we will consider uh, the Amazon model is not perfect when we start seeing fewer and fewer options for mm-hmm. those brick-and-mortar stores, but we are surely seeing pressure on them at the moment. Guys, let's take a real quick break. We'll come back and uh, answer a few more questions. You're listening to Money Talks. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> listening to Money Talks. Again, I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and Jennifer Thomas. If you want to get a hold of us, if you have a question you'd like to ask and have us answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. 770-429-9166 or email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. So, guys, uh, I guess a little bit of follow-up on the previous question. We were kicking around what's going on in retail. Amazon seems to be... Killing the brick and mortar, or at least that's the the wrap in the market. Um, and Jennifer, you had a few comments as far as uh, groceries.
1: Yeah, you know, like well, Webvan didn't, uh, you know, make it. But I I would have a hard time buying meats and produce online. Yeah. Because you can't see it. Right. You know, and you well, can't. What
0: about the model that they've got? that's kind of a. It's kind of a. Um, I guess a blend of the, of the two, you can uh, go to Kroger. They've got this option where you can give them basically your grocery list and they'll put it all together and have it for you when you get to the store. Walmart's
1: doing the same thing. I mean, for certain things, for certain things, that's fine. But I mean, again, meats and produce, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. Even you want to be
2: able to pick out your own.
0: I
1: want to be able to pick out which bell pepper I think looks the best. All right. Well, do you think that will ever change?
0: You no, that I don't.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe for millennials, maybe you know that that I, it, it certainly could because they, you know, if you do that from the beginning, yeah. Well, it's it's just cl- the way it is.
2: We talked about clothes too. I mean, that's something that you know, one size doesn't fit all, and Absolutely. so even sometimes one size fits Japan. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we uh, you know, depending on a large in one brand might be completely different than a large in another brand, and so you can't just go based on. Uh, the, the size that they've got on the label. You, yeah. And, right. You but if
1: you know them. that this brand clothes you wear a large end, and then you can order that brand. Yeah. That's, that's uh, you know, and point. that for me is, you know, if you can find those, those kind of things make it really convenient for me because I am the type of person, though, I don't like to shop. Yeah. I want to go in, get what I want, get out. I'm not, I don't want to, oh, yeah. I don't want to browse. I don't want to, Jennifer, Do you are like you are
0: probably the outlier among women. I,
1: I know. And my husband, he makes fun of me because I will go, if I go clothes shopping, I'm going to buy as many things as I can at one time so that I don't have to go back yeah. for a year, six months or a year. I don't want to just go in and buy a top or a pair of pants. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, malls and things like that, I mean, I, you still see a lot of, uh, a lot of, Traffic. If you go to you know go down sure. to Lenox Mall or Phipps or Cumberland or you know, I think it's days. people
1: just walking.
2: Maybe you think it is. <laughs> it's, it's people watching.
0: It's, exer, it's, it's
1: exercising. So people watching and uh, you know Maybe browsing, window, window shopping. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I tell you what though, you look at the at the pressure that's coming on them. I mean, you you start mm-hmm. watching the financial reports on those companies and and uh, retail has definitely got some well, issues. the, lim- I mean, the limited
1: didn't. has been around for. I worked at the limited when I was I don't know eighteen nineteen years old. So last year. No. Yes, and uh, I did it as a as a way to make extra money at Christmas, and I spent way more money on clothes than I ever made there. So, um, but you know, but they've been in business forever. Now they're going out of business, yeah. completely sure. gone. Yeah.
2: No, this, there's definitely a lot of pressure on the retail space, no doubt.
0: Yeah. So you know, it's it's interesting to watch as it morphs and becomes something else. I don't believe that the brick and mortar retail will go totally away. I do know that uh, you know we have uh some Some folks that we talk to from time to time that uh, are in the movie industry, and they believe that uh, because of the tastes of millennials that uh we 're seeing uh, the potential for that movie theater to become like the anchor store in a mall because millennials tend to like experiences including you know dining out and uh, and going to a movie so uh mm-hmm. it's it 's definitely something interesting would I buy amazon is that the the ultimate question we should answer here uh I, I think it's expensive. I've thought it's expensive for a long time, but it keeps getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have had some earnings lately. Uh, Amazon's still got a PE that's in the uh, almost 200. Uh, if you look at their forward PE, it's it's much more palatable at around only 127 or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it still just looks really expensive to me. If I was going to uh, invest in something that's kind of in the middle of this mix, I'd prefer Walmart, and like I say, recent earnings uh, would lead us to believe that uh, it's a, a good move. Guys let's uh, take a financial planning question real quick here we go Stephen from Woodstock says uh, I'm being encouraged to retire this year with a market up over 8%. I'm hesitant uh, on rolling over my 401k. I have proprietary funds that I can't get outside of the 401k and uh, they have some pretty significant capital gains. Should I just leave it where it is and pay the administrative fees? I hear an advisor will cost me more. Got an opinion on that? I I think probably start off the gains with inside your capital, uh, your 401k, don't matter. Yeah, no, the
2: market being up really should have no bearing on whether or not you roll over your 401k or not. I mean, uh, you're not going to have to worry about paying capital gains tax on anything as long as you you know, roll it over, uh, to an IRA, uh, or, you know, another 401k, I guess, if, if you were going to go work somewhere else, um, then there'd be, you can buy and sell and there's no tax implications for that. It's just when you take the money out of that retirement account, uh, retirement account, then that's when you pay tax on it. And it's ordinary income tax, not capital gain. So uh, a little bit of a difference there. So that really doesn't have any bearing on, on, uh, whether it's a good time to, to roll it over or not. Um. You know, the, there are some factors to consider when you're rolling it over. Generally, an IRA is going to give you a lot more flexibility. You're right. going to have the, the option to invest in a lot of different types of assets that you probably are, don't have access to within the 401k
0: 401ks are mostly mutual funds and uh, I think you said proprietary funds sometimes they'll put a little twist on a mutual fund within a 401k and right. you can invest but it's you're buying portfolios of stocks in a in a 401k not yep. individual securities
2: and your options are generally limited to a, a handful you know they create a lineup uh, most of the time sometimes there's they can be self-directed and they'll let you buy stocks or uh, you know, bonds or anything outside of the the options that are in the plan, but most, most often of the, it's uh, going to be
0: it's going to be the stock of the yeah. company that's offering yeah, you the phone. Of time. right.
1: And there's usually, you know, sometimes th- some plans don't offer a whole lot of options. You know, they may only have, you know, six or seven. Right. Yeah. Where you know, then some companies have a lot. So you really want to know that the options that you have are. Good options as well. Yeah.
2: Just because you you know roll it out of a 401k doesn't mean you have to have an investment advisor. Of course, we would recommend at least talking to one to see if there's something that you need to be doing differently or, or you know an allocation that need, should be set up for to meet your goals. Um, but
1: but you also have invest. I mean, you have fees inside the funds that you absolutely. own, and you would want to look at those and see how much they are and compare that to what an advisor would cost. You know, if your advisor is going to use individual stocks, depending on the assets that you have inside the 401K and how much, um, you know, if you have enough to diversify and build your own portfolio of individual stocks with that, then you are no longer paying that management fee inside the funds that you own. Right. And, there, you know, and so depending on what the advisor would charge, it may or may not be. More.
0: Yeah. yeah, and if you like the allocation within your within your 401k at the moment, you can always mimic that with other mutual funds. You can outside of the 401k. You might be able to 401k. do it at a lower
2: cost, even right. um, outside of the 401k. Some of the sure those proprietary funds a lot of times come with some added expense as well. Um, so the, you got, you just want to weigh the cost. So, you know, different plans have different, uh, costs associated with the plan. Some are more expensive than others. Some, some are relatively inexpensive, but some can be pretty, pretty pricey. The only, you know, other consideration, it, you know, I don't know how old Stephen is. Um, yeah, but we didn't
0: get that information, so it's hard to say.
2: Yeah. So, but if, if, you know, he's over 55 and he separates service from his employer, he can actually, if he need has a need for this money inside of his 401k, he could take a distribution from the 401K uh, and just pay the tax on it and not owe the 10% penalty for taking a distribution prior to age 59 and a half. So if he's kind of between age 55 and 59 and a half, uh it might be a good idea to leave it in the 401K if he thinks he's going to have a need for any of that money. Yeah, because you can avoid that 10% penalty.
0: One final thought, and we're about to wrap it up here, but uh, we do provide advice on 401K plans. So if there's a a, a small business out there or owner uh, who needs some information as far as their 401K to be, you know, uh, one of those things that we can help you with, again, you can call us at 770-429-9166, and uh, we would be happy to help you. So, guys, uh, one more thing I'm always going to ask. (laughs) Market next week. We just came off a 2% increase. Market
2: is up or down. KC? I'm going to say up off the holiday weekend.
0: There we go. we got a shortened week next week. but uh, I'm going to say up. up. Jennifer says up. You guys are people after my own heart. I always say the market's going to be up because the statistics tell me two out of three days the market's going to be up. You're listening to Money Talk. Have a great weekend.